You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my girlfriends and I tell our most embarrassing funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I'm your host. And today I have with me a new girlfriend, Jennifer Hamilton, that I discovered on TikTok, you guys. Jennifer is a mom of two boys, a wife, and a labor and delivery nurse. And you guys, labor and delivery was my very favorite part of medical school and residency. So I'm kind of like secretly jealous of her. She is very real. And she started her TikTok by posting videos about herself as a silly mom. And she sometimes tells funny nursing stories. So yay, I love that. Her most viral videos have been nursing stories, homemaking for the modern mom, and torturing her husband with a labor simulator. (laughs) Jennifer, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Oh my gosh. So fun. I have so many questions for you. I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) I'm excited. Let's do it. (laughs) How long have you been a labor and delivery nurse? I have been on labor and delivery for working on three years, but I've been a nurse for almost nine years. My first part of nursing was in the emergency department, which is totally different than labor and delivery. Mm -hmm. And I find I get called bad names way less on labor delivery. (laughs) Well, fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? I am in North Carolina, uh, central part of North Carolina. I've been here forever. I have been a nurse for almost nine years. I am married to a sweet man that I met while working at a summer camp for kids with chronic and terminal (sighs) illnesses. He's a good guy. And I have two kids, two boys. My oldest is about to be eight, which I cannot even believe. And his name is Ellis. And then my youngest is four and his name is Luke. Oh, that's so awesome. So how was the labor and delivery experience for you personally? Wait a minute. You had both of your kids before you were an L&D nurse. I did. Yeah. And that actually made me want to be a labor and delivery nurse. I actually got to be delivered by one of my friends who was a labor and delivery nurse. And she kind of, you know, told me about how different it was from what I was doing in the ER. Cause in the ER, you can have, you know, like 30 patients a night. And then in labor and delivery on a, on a busy day, you have two patients. So being able to to connect with somebody, it really makes a difference. So when I was looking for a change from the emergency department, I kind of just got burnt out. It just kind of sucks your soul Mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, you Mm -hmm. have just tragedy and pain. And so I was looking for something different and I saw that there was like a weekend option position on labor and delivery. Mm -hmm. And I just went for it. And by the next week I had the job. So it wasn't anything that I really planned out in my life. Like, Oh, I'm going to be a labor and delivery nurse. It kind of just happened and I wouldn't change it for the world. And I appreciate having my ER experience behind me because, you Mm, know, if you come mm -hmm. straight into labor and delivery, you might, you almost feel like you're in a vacuum that, you know, Oh, I'm dealing with babies and pregnancy. But there are Mm -hmm. sick people that have babies. And so you have that on top of. Oh, I love that. My favorite OBGYN when I was in residency was an OBGYN who had been a family physician first. And I think it just gives you such a different base, similar to your situation, but on the nursing side, where you had all comers and you learned about physiology and emergencies from a whole body perspective. Yeah. Your patients are really lucky. Oh, you're so sweet. 
Oh, they are. But you can look at a symptom and you can alert their physician of something that you think is a red flag that another labor and delivery nurse just might miss, you know, even though, I mean, they're all highly trained. Yeah. That is so awesome. So tell me just really quick how your labors went down. I love a good labor story. They went fantastic. (laughs) My first one, I had a great pregnancy my labor, I was induced partly because my doctor wanted to go to an Avert Brothers concert <laughs> and did not want to be on call for me. We call that a social injection, but usually it's That's for the patient. Right. This time it was for the doctor. I know. <laughs> I know. And this was back when inductions were way more acceptable when it was kind yeah. of just elective. Yeah, that went super, super smooth. And then my next labor, um, I had such a terrible pregnancy. I gained like 70 pounds of just fluid. I could not get my feet into shoes. It was just, I felt like an Oompa Loompa. But my my labor went great, right? So they just bring you in, start Pitocin, break water, and then like, Six hours later, I had a baby. So had epidurals with both of them, which I love. Love, love an epidural. Oh, that was my next question. What did you do for pain control? <laughs> love an epidural. <laughs> well, whenever uh, I first went in to have a baby for the very first time, I was like, I want to try to do it natural, uh-huh. right? But I should yep. have known that that was not going to happen because for me, I am a wuss. I am the biggest <laughs> weenie of all. I'm the queen weenie. Because I pass out with anything. Oh my gosh. I just, night, night. I just go to sleep. I passed (sighs) out getting my ears pierced, blood drawn, flu shot, TB test. Like (gasps) if it hurts, I'm I'm gone. So I got to like three centimeters or something. Uh-huh. And you were like, "Eh, goodbye. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with, with this part. (laughs) So I think that's really interesting. Do you think that you have an overactive vasovagal response to pain? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I have that too. I pass out. It's so inconvenient. So it's like, come on, dumb. I like my heart. I I feel so grateful to my heart because in general, it serves me really well, (laughs) but there's this, just this one thing that it does when it's like, um, please don't slow down to 20. 20 isn't going to do anybody any good. That's rude. Oh, it's so rude. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's go through your rapid fire questions. What was your first job? I started working in a hospital when I was 15. I guess you can't really call it a job because I wasn't paid, but I knew that I wanted to be a nurse so bad. Mm. And my mom was a nurse in the hospital. So she hooked me up with like being able to volunteer at the hospital. Awesome. And so I would do the things that, you know, nobody else wanted to do, but I would kind of insert myself into anywhere where I could see something happening fun. Yep. And speaking of passing out, I was on the labor and delivery unit volunteering and they're like, oh, this baby needs to get their blood drawn. I was like, I want to see. And Aww. this poor phlebotomist is drawing blood. It's just me and her in this room. And she said, oh no, the vein blew. And in my 15 year old mind, I'm thinking like explosion. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> it's a terrible phrase. I passed out on the ground and they had to call my mom, but I stayed firm, knew I wanted to be a nurse and I just kept watching stuff and kind of desensitized myself. But yeah, working in a hospital, I guess I've always worked in a hospital. (laughs) Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. What's your favorite joke? Okay. I heard this a few weeks ago and I cannot stop cracking up about it and I hope I say it right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What is the difference between a dirty bus stop and a Lobster with big boobs. 
I can't imagine. <laughs> so many differences. I know. One <laughs> is a crusty bus station and the other is a busty crust station. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my gosh, that tickles my funny bone because I love a good play on word. You've given me my new joke. Yay, I can't wait to tell my right. Joke. It's a good one. Yes. So good. Oh yes. Okay, what is your home decorating style? Mm, there appears to have been a struggle. That is my home decorating style. <laughs> I'm constantly worried that like if I die in some weird way and they have to come figure out what happened, they're not going to be able to. <laughs> they're going to be like, was there a struggle here or was this just how it was? <laughs> uh, it's very similar to when I say if 911 ever has to be called, they're going to be like, you've been ransacked. No, no, that's just the way we live. <laughs> it's just the way. I've told my husband like if I fall out, Anytime you just need to drag me out to the front yard, please, because I do not want to this household into the equation, whatever you do. Right. I'm gonna be judged post mortem. Oh my gosh. I knew I liked you. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, what's your Enneagram number? Oh, I love the Enneagram. It's so wonderful. Me too. I'm a type two which I feel like is pretty common for nurses to be a type two. The type two is the helper. Part of being real is that every marriage has its sucky moments, you know? Oh, heck yeah. And we are not all perfect people coming together to have perfect marriages. We've had struggles. And one of the ways that we kind of went through it and everything was obviously therapy. It's great, wonderful, awesome. But we took an Enneagram course and um, learned about not only ourselves, but each other, changed the freaking game. Oh my gosh. I hear you. What type is your husband? He's a five. When I first learned about the Enneagram, found my number, really related to it, I told him, I said, hey, I really want you to take this personality test. Just humor me and take it. We took it on Truity, which I guess is, you know, a really common Enneagram place to find stuff. He was not about it until he read what it said about him, Mm, right? And mm -hmm. so one of the things that it said was a type five may have like a really intellectual hobby. It said such as board games and they might be obsessive over it. My husband has over 350 board games. Wow. They pegged him, not even theoretically, but specifically. Just to a T. All of the color drained from his face. (laughs) He felt so seen. (laughs) Then he was really on board. Yeah. He was like, yeah, let's find out more about this. Like, I believe it. You know, my husband is super hot, but he's a super hot nerd. He's very nerdy. (laughs) I love it. Yes. Yeah. I'm married to one of those myself. We love the Enneagram. We took a Christian course for the Enneagram. It kind of just like shows you as a spouse how your spouse sees the world versus Mm -hmm. how you see the world, how to communicate with each other in a way that the other person can relate to and understand. Oh, it changed the game. Yes. Oh, so good. Okay. What is something unexpected that has changed about you in the past few years? I would say, and I think it's so perfect that you've asked me to be on this podcast. This is so my life because I used to be one of those curated posts on, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Here's my wonderful family and here's Mm -hmm. me with my makeup done and my hair done. And I've gone through some trauma in the last couple of years and I just Mm -hmm. realized like, why? 
You know, like, why am I being this way? Because it was the people who came to me and were real with me that really impacted my life during those times. And it wasn't those people who were like, oh, I just am so awesome and perfect all the time. So it was those people who have made the most impact on me. And so I made a decision that I was not going to be that person anymore. You know, like I'm not going to be this person who tells all my friends, oh, why isn't your marriage like my marriage? It's pretty darn great Mm -hmm. all the time, you know. Oh, breastfeeding is cinchy. Oh my gosh. The baby just latched on and nothing ever hurt. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. So true. So, break. Um, mm-hmm. and since I've changed in that way, I've had so many people, especially through TikTok and Instagram coming to me and saying, thank you. Mm. Thank you for being real. Like, I feel like I'm the only one who feels whatever way. It, we're all in this thing together. And I feel like the people who kind of act like they're better than everybody else because they don't deal with any struggles at all. I'm like, get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, come on. Let's we're not you know, that way. That's not helping anyone. And it isn't, exactly. you, you know, it's, it's just not genuine and real at all. Exactly. Well, that is amazing. So it's one thing to realize it. It's another thing to put it into practice, which it sounds like you've absolutely done and you've absolutely reaped the satisfaction of that being a blessing to Definitely. other people. That's yeah. amazing. Okay. Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to share our not so fancy moments so that our listeners don't feel like the only fool in the room and Mm -hmm. that they can look at somewhat professional or sophisticated or high profile women and remember that no one is as fancy as they look. So what do you have for us today? Oh, girl, so much, (laughs) so much. In thinking about this whole podcast, I was like, what can I talk about? And I think the one that most recently has kind of been one of the more embarrassing (laughs) situations in my life is getting an IUD. And I don't know how many people that are listening to this have been through this process, but I've told you before, I am the queen weenie, (laughs) the queen of all of the weenies. And I assumed that it would not be very painful. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. my husband and I are very fertile. I'm not saying this to make light of anyone's situation if they're not, right. but infertility is not a struggle that we have had. This is our reality. My husband can sneeze from three houses down and get me pregnant. So <laughs> we were unexpectedly blessed with our first child. And after he was born, I told my OBGYN, you know, I really would like to have an IUD to kind of take the guesswork out of pills. And, you know, I was breastfeeding, so I'd have to take the mini pill if I was. Mm, yada, yada. Yep. And I'm really not great at pills. So let's just take that out of the equation. So I went with my husband to go get the IUD. And that hurt on my friends saying, oh, it was nothing. Didn't even feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a pinch, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, I woke up with my <laughs> <laughs> with my legs over my head and uh, <laughs> smelling salts shoved up both of my nostrils. And my OBGYN holding his face because I kicked him directly in the face <gasps> in my passing out fainting motion. <laughs> So I have such a vivid picture in my head. I think my body was like, get out of here. And I turned to look at my husband who looks completely unfazed. He knows that this is, <laughs> knows this you. is just the territory with me. And I asked my OBGYN, I was like, did you do it? He's like, no, you kicked me in the head. Like, I, of course I didn't do it. <laughs> is it in there? No yeah. such luck, sister. <laughs> no. 
He said, uh, mini pill for you. And oh, so I was so afraid of getting pregnant that I taped my birth control pack to my phone. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. And set an alarm. <laughs> wow. My mom said, mm-hmm. you look like a hoe. <laughs> you cannot be going around here with your birth control pack <laughs> taped to your phone like this. But it worked. It worked for three years. And then... um. One day I missed my pill by eight hours and uh, here comes little Luke. Oh my gosh. Wow. After I had Luke, I told my OBGYN, I said, listen to me. I have to have an IUD. Like, let's just, if you'll just give me something to relax me, I will be okay. So he gave me Xanax, Percocet, Toradol, Phenergan, and then a side attack to soften my cervix. <laughs> wow. So, oh, he girl, went hard. You, you need a family physician know uh-huh. that like, okay, that's that's a good combo right there of sleepy juice. That sure is. Yeah. Did he have a pole socks on your finger is what I'm wondering he about. Should, <laughs> he really should have. He said, take this an hour before. And so <laughs> did as he said. And I think my nerves were just so shot that I wasn't even allowing it to work. Because I was stone cold sober for the whole procedure. Wow. And I could like see my soul lifting out of my body in pain. Oh my gosh. It was so traumatic and terrible. And of course, as soon as we get in the car, I'm out, right? Just (sighs) zonked. Goodbye. I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Like night, night, it's over. Mm -hmm. So, and I told you that I had gained like 70 pounds during my pregnancy of just being a big girl with the fluid everywhere. And so Mm. my poor husband had to pick up my big girl butt and drag me in the house (laughs) and drop me off in the bed. And he would come in and check on me just to make sure I'm still breathing. And then he comes in and checks on me. I have completely saturated head of the bed to foot of the bed in breast milk. Uh-huh. He didn't think about that, right? Right. I'm exploding and I didn't wake up. You are going to have to pump me. <laughs> yes. So he props up my dead corpse and <laughs> figures out how to attach this breast pump to me. Oh my goodness. He was, it was such a stressful day for him because I was no help. I was You're completely like, the next day, oh, I feel amazing. Your husband's yes. like, I've been through war. Yes. Please never make me do this again. He was really living out his vows that day because, man, this poor guy. <laughs> He's like, why didn't you get a vasectomy? Why? <laughs> and so he, you know, sets me up with the pump and everything goes to like get a drink, comes back. I've overflowed the pump. He's just like dabbing me with towels, just trying to sop up this breast milk. And then the next, in the next few days, you know, I obviously recovered. I was okay. And I went out to lunch with my 87 year old grandmother who was very, very with it. Right. So she, Mm -hmm. you know, she didn't have any dementia. She was living her life. She was doing great. And I was telling her how traumatic this experience was. And she said, oh, that's just crazy. I got mine out last month. And I was like, what? no, I was like, grandma, I don't know what you're talking about. We're talking about two totally different things. And she's like, no, no, no. That like tea thing that goes in your uterus to keep you getting pregnant. I was like, you're serious. Like you had it out last month. I wish you could see me. My mouth is agape. I'm like, what? Yes. <laughs> she had left that thing in there for 
45 years and her doctor just randomly found it. And I'm sure he took a picture of it because it probably had barnacles on it because (laughs) 45 years. I am so curious as to what that thing looked like when it came out. (laughs) Yeah. She did say that he was showing it to everyone because he's like, what is this thing? An antique that I have removed. Yeah. I thought they were made out of like toothpicks or something back then. And dang. No. I'm impressed with the quality of the product. You're like, you know, grandma, you were supposed to get that t- taken out 40 years ago. Yeah, she said she just forgot about it. And so I told my OBGYN that that's my plan for my IUD because it was so traumatic to get put in. It's just going to stay in there for 45 years. It'll come out with your it's next baby. Well. Yeah, it's work. Yeah, because apparently I'm that fertile. It's working well. Uh Well, and it only works for a few years, right? I know. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by the Family Personalities Podcast. Do you ever wonder why your kids and your spouse do the things that they do? Sandra, a Myers-Briggs personality type practitioner and M, a personality type enthusiast, Dive deep into family, relationships, and parenting using personality type to help change the way you see your family. You guys, I love personality types, and I specifically love this podcast about personality types because Sandra and M present it in bite-sized pieces. You don't have to have previous knowledge of the personality type constructs that they teach. And they specifically structure it so that we're talking about relationships within a family unit and give tons of examples and really great concrete ways to tell the different types of personalities in yourself and your loved ones. And I'm a true believer that the more you know about your personal makeup and the makeup of your loved ones, the better your communication can be and the happier your relationships can be. Episodes release every Tuesday. Find family personalities on your favorite podcast app. And I will be a guest sometime in the near future. And I'll make sure I let you guys know when that time arises. But until then, subscribe to the Family Personalities podcast. You and your relationships will be better for it. This is one I saw on TikTok. I think this might have been the first video of yours on TikTok that I saw. Tell me about the music that your patient requested. Oh, my goodness. So I had a very sweet patient and I came into work and she was pushing, right? So, you know, you don't really have that much time to get to know somebody when you come in and you're like, okay, I'm Jen, you know, let's push together. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I was trying to calm her nerves because it's her first baby because I could tell she was really anxious. And I said, Hey, do you want to listen to some music? So she said, yeah, I really, really love spy music. And I was like, (sighs) okay. She's like, I mean, it's real quirky request. Can't say I've ever gotten that one before. (laughs) And here's you look trying to figure out how to play spy music. Duh. Right. Like, so I'm going to pull this off. Yes. (laughs) Trying to figure out, like, okay, I've never looked this up for myself. So, you know, I'm going through Amazon, I'm typing in spy, and it's like, you know, Mission Impossible and uh, James (laughs) Bond kind of stuff. And um, I I go to do the Mission Impossible one, and she looks at me kind of like, are you, is there something wrong with you? 
And she said, I said spa music. Like, I want relaxing music <laughs> to listen to, like, rainforest sounds. Not like there's a cat burglar scaling a wall music. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. I don't think she found it as funny as I did, but I was like, I cannot believe that I just did this to this poor girl. But her boyfriend thought it was very funny. You're like, oh, this is the story I'll put in my pocket and laugh about yes. later. You can guarantee it. Exactly. I have so many of like these little stories that I tell my patients during stressful times. Hmm. So we had a a patient the other night who was having an unexpected C-section. Her husband could not come back with her for the C-section. She was terrified. She'd never had a C-section before. And so while she's getting the spinal, I'm kind of like in her ear and I'm like, what can I tell her? And I kind of have a, a story that I fall back on. So my oldest son, when he was three years old, we brought his brother home. And so although my oldest had been breastfed himself, he did not remember that. So you know, all of a sudden his mommy's doing some crazy things with her boobs. Like, what are you, what is this? <laughs> and so he seemed to be really curious about that whole process. And there was one day that he was being very quiet. And so I go looking for him and I find him hiding in his room. And when he hears me come in, I see our cat just get thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? He was trying to breastfeed the dang cat. <laughs> his shirt pulled all the way up and trying to get this poor cat to suckle from his teat. <laughs> and I just died. Yeah. I'm very excited to one day when he gets married, you know, do my little speech and let everyone know about that story because I haven't talked to him about it since. Like I don't remind him of it at all. I'm just mm, keeping perfect. it for myself mm-hmm. and keep it in your pocket. Day. Your your son's like, I have nipples. Maybe the cat can yeah. help me. I'll help out around yeah, this it's house. A great, pl- great plan. Yeah. Luckily we had a very patient and tolerant cat. She might have one less nipple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, Oh, Lordy. Would you be willing to share one surprising thing about you that nobody would be able to tell just by looking? Sure. My husband and I are debt free beside our house. Wow. Yeah. We don't like debt. So it was maybe a couple years ago now. We were actually on the Dave Ramsey show doing our debt free scream. That's cool. We paid off all of our student loans, cars, all of that stuff. Because when we first got married, I first realized, oh my gosh, you can get a credit card and get whatever you want. You can go get whatever car (laughs) you want and you just don't even have to think about it, you know? And so then, you know, you're you're piling up all of these monthly payments. You're like, it's kind of sucks. And so I wasn't even thinking that, you know, debt freedom is like a thing. And so I I started listening to Dave Ramsey and we just went all in. We paid off $26,000 in a year. And then just just like clockwork, though, as soon as we got home from Tennessee, where we had been on the Dave Ramsey show, both of our cars die, like completely. No. And (laughs) our basement floods. And when it flooded, they came in and they're like, oh, you got major problems that have to be fixed immediately. (gasps) So then it was like we immediately got back into debt as soon as we paid everything off. And so just last week, 
we finished again. So we are officially <gasps> debt-free again. So we've done it twice. <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. Yes. And this Thank time you. you knew how to do it. Oh, that's oh, amazing. Yes. It feels so great. You are really young to be debt-free. That is incredible. Yeah. It's, we're consumer debt-free. So we have no credit cards. We have no car payments, none of that stuff. It's just our house payment. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. I am impressed. I'll link in the show notes to Dave Ramsey's website. So anybody who's interested in doing that can look it up. Cool. Yeah. All right. Tell my listeners where they can find you. Okay. My main social is probably TikTok. I'm on there a lot. My TikTok is Jen Hamilton, but there's underscores in front of Jen in the middle and then Hamilton. So it's underscore Jen underscore Hamilton underscore. And that is also my Instagram handle. I am also on YouTube. I'm just now starting my YouTube channel and that will have the same handle. I I try to make it easy. I'll link to all of that in the show notes. Oh my gosh, Jen, you have been so much fun. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. This was the highlight of my week for sure. Thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast today. Oh my gosh, Jen Hamilton, so funny. You guys, if you thought the stories she told today were good, there are just as many more for later in the week as a bonus episode. I am so excited to bring you that episode later this week. You're going to love it. Make sure that you check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 84 so that you can get all of the links that we discussed and find Jen so that you can follow her on all of her social media. Next week on the show, we have a really interesting guest, Kirsten Lind. She is the author of multiple faith-based books, the most recent one called Where's My Crown for Acting Like Everything is Fine. She's also a QVC host. She is so interesting and we had a lot of fun. You're going to love that episode. So make sure you come back next week. The easiest way to make sure you don't miss it is to subscribe to the podcast so that new episodes pop into your feed every Monday morning, and then whenever else bonus episodes pop up. If you have a story to tell, remember to email me at notfancy at fancyfreepodcast.com or go to fancyfreepodcast.com, click the red button and record one there. Also, make sure to check out Shelfie Shop. That's S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E. That is my women's loungewear online store. If you are into wearing your pajamas but looking like you're in your street clothes, these are for you. So much fun, and they're selling kind of fast. Shelfies are produced in limited edition collections, and when they're gone, they're gone, and there probably will be just one or two collections per year. So I'll link it in the show notes as well. Head over there and check it out. And also make sure that you listen and subscribe to Family Personalities Podcast. If you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join the Fancy Free Facebook group. The question of the week this week is, have you ever passed out? I would love it if you'd follow the Fancy Free Podcast on Instagram and tell some friends about it. Have a wonderful week and remember, no one is as fancy as they look.